Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're having a State of the Union for readers. State of the readers. State state of the book for readers. And we're seeing (laughs) how much reading people actually do. Plus, we solve a problem about talking about spicy reads. And we're recommending translated books. But first, Bria, what are you reading? I just read a book that's been on my backlist for a minute. It's Mary by Nat Cassidy, which we talked before we started recording, and you haven't read it, which I was surprised by. Yeah, you know, it's funny because now we were talking a little bit about it, and I think part of the reason why I haven't read it is something that you're going to mention. There is some, yeah, major content warnings. Yeah, so check those, y'all. Check them before you jump into Mary, which the subtitle here is... An Awakening of Terror, which I didn't realize. It's a horror book. It's about a... But it's it sounds about, like that's a good subtitle for this book. It is. It is. It's about this woman who is middle-aged, and she's sort of... She is described as very, like, invisible, right? Like, people don't notice her. She kind of doesn't even want to be noticed. She kind of falls into the background. She works in, like, a bookstore in the basement. She never talks to anyone. But she's also starting perimenopause, and she's having hot flashes and body aches. And when she looks in a mirror... Suddenly, she sees her face start to, like, morph and change. Ah. And anytime she looks at a woman over a certain age, she sees their face morph and change. Now, you would think, that's enough for a horror book. No, no. This book does so much more. That's just the beginning. (laughs) Uh, Basically, she has to move back to this hometown that she has, which she has all these weird memories about. She remembers being bullied. People were never nice to her. And there's this, like, weird building that you were like, ah, is it a cult? Like, what's going on there? And it's also the home to where this serial killer killed a bunch of people. So basically think serial killer, cults, woman who was invisible, suddenly realizing that she has memories and thoughts and ideas that are relevant to all of this. And um, also people start dying again once she goes to this hometown. What? So... Very interesting, very well written. It is, it's funny, I the back begins with Nat Cassidy saying, so why me, a, a man, a, a white cisgender man in his late 30s, why am I writing a book about a woman going through perimenopause who feels invisible? But I actually think he did an amazing job. I was wow. very impressed. And as you know, like I feel like women over a certain age are not often the stars of genre material. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like we end up with like, if you're not like a hot college co-ed, a lot of times you don't, you like yeah, disappear. It's teens or people in their early 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so having a genre book that is like both adventurous, but also super scary. Um, I, I, Mallory, I really, I, I did have this moment where I was like, I don't know who I can recommend it to because there are like some really dark moments in it. But I do think you would enjoy reading it. There's All one right. content warning moment that it's just one and it's pretty late in the book and you'll know what is going to happen. You could literally skip the pages. Um, oh, wow. It's not like important. See, that's the benefit the of having Bria read a book before that's you. That's right. I will tell you where it is. <laughs> Y'all, anybody, page. DM me. I'll tell you what you shouldn't read if the, if, the, if there is a content warning that bothers you. But anyway, this book was excellent. Uh, what are you reading? I just finished the first book that has taken a slot in my best of the year. Okay. I already know there's not going to be a book. Well, there are obviously there will be other books that are my favorite, but this book has there's there's, there's no way it's not going to be in the top slot. Okay. It is Kelly Link's new book, I knew The Book of Love. <laughs> Bria, this book blew my face off. Oh. It but you is, have such a nice face. 
This is my I'm, I'm like Mr. Potato Head. This is my backup face. Yeah. This, is, this is my break that you keep break in your in butt? Case of emergency. Break in case you read a Kelly Link book and you need a new face. I keep it I keep describing it to people. It, it's tough because it, it really is such a unique book. And I've never really read anything like it. But if I had to pick, like, the content of the book is kind of like American Gods meets Something Wicked This Way Comes. Oh, cool. I like that. And it's about these three teenagers. They have been missing for a year. Their families have assumed that they're dead. They're devastated. And these three teenagers reappear one night in this classroom in their high school. I love it. And they don't remember. they, They have vague memories of this weird place that they've been. They don't know how they died they have no idea what's what's happening and they um they are uh greeted by their music teacher who turns out is uh, a lot more than a music teacher uh and he t- basically tells them all right you've come back from the dead you all have magic now and here are these tasks that you have to complete because so certain things won't happen you have to figure out how to control your magic you have to figure out what happened to you, how you died, or uh, some shit's going to go down. And you start to meet these other supernatural entities who are starting to converge on this small Massachusetts town. And these three teenagers basically realize that they've become pawns in this kind of power struggle with all these supernatural entities. And because they're teenagers, they don't have any. They're like, fuck all of that. We don't want to help you guys do anything. Amazing. They're all in a band together, which is really cute. Fun. And then things go from there. It's just, There's so much that happens. And like they're all dealing with family things and grief things and love things in the midst of the supernatural power struggle. And it's just like it's a I mean, it's a, almost a 700 page book. I could not put this book down. Wow. Could not put this Excellent. book down. It is just. Again, it's like it's got like the interesting supernatural entities vying for power part of of American gods, plus the like weird supernatural things coming to a small town and bringing forth all these personal relationship things from something wicked this way comes. Plus just like the indescribable magic of Kelly Link. And it's so funny and it's so weird and it's so sweet. And it's just like it's so its own thing. And I just... I loved it so much. And again, I, there's no possible way that this is not going to be one of my favorite books of the year. Right. It it comes out, it comes out this month. I think it comes out in like a week. So folks get it. I am telling you fucking get it. Also takes place in Massachusetts, which makes me really happy. Wow. Because that's where Kelly lives. A book written for Mallory. Book made for me. So that's uh, The Book of Love by Kelly Link. And mine is Mary, An Awakening of Terror by Nat Cassidy. We want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. The first one, actually, I'm going to interject a, a listener feedback from myself. Oh, wow. I, I think that's not listener feedback. I feel like that's, uh, well, that's host feedback. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We do have to listen to the show. So some people might know I also host a Twitch stream for fountain pen and stationary folks and during the last stream that we did, we stream every Wednesday on Twitch. It's called Ink Witches. And we were talking about notebooks. And I started thinking about how I like my notebooks to lie really flat. Mm. And I remembered how, you know, we just talked about spine training on the show, a term which I still hate. And I was like, I wonder if you can spine train a notebook. Oh, yeah. And Bria, you can't. Oh, wow. If you do the same motions of like getting, taking small sections and p- pressing it flat, you can make your notebook lie flat without cracking the spine. Do you know? So I have some reader, fee- uh, some listener feedback. My stepdad apparently spine trains his books, all of them, because he learned to do it in elementary school. 
That's wild. I hope it's elementary school. My mom listens and she's going to be like, it's not elementary. But I, it was, and when he was in grade school of some sort, they made them do that to their books. And so he's always done it to his books. That's wild. Mm -hmm. I thought the lost art of spine training. No, the lost art of spine training. We're bringing it, we're bringing it back. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you are a person who has like a glued spine notebook and you like your notebook to lie flat, you can spine train it. Mm. Hot. Wait, wait. Hot journaling tips here on Reflexes. <laughs> anyway, Jean wrote in to say, Hi, Brian Mallory. I was listening to episode 342 where someone wrote in to say, Staff can't see what patrons check out. And I am here to say, that's not necessarily true. Uh-oh. At least at the libraries I've worked at. So we have a little mystery to solve here. <laughs> Jean says, I'm a children's librarian who got my degree at the end of 2022. Congratulations. And was a library assistant during grad school. For my library system, which is KOHA, patron circulations history is automatically shared with the staff, but they have the option to turn that off, though most don't. I'm sure other library systems are different, but it would just depend on the library and mm-hmm. their system or even their settings within the system. I find it really helpful whenever patrons come up and tell me they remember checking out a book about a topic, but don't remember sure. the name of the book. Sure. Love the podcast. And I love getting different library perspectives as a baby librarian. I wonder if it has to do with being a children's librarian, because it's like a, you know what I mean? Like if it's a children's I imagine that Jean is right, that it's about the system itself where like you can turn it on or off or something. So uh, yeah, I think it probably depends on your, your library. So don't assume your librarians can't see that you've checked out the same book 17 times. (laughs) Be careful. Yeah. I guess the librarians might know your sins. Yeah. They might know your sins. Sorry. Sorry. We didn't know. Uh, I wonder if, if, a patron can ask what library system they use. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or you can just ask and say, can you see what books I've checked out? I mean, they would tell you, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they have, it's like, a, they're a cop. They like have to disclose. Or, or you can say, Hey, I checked out a book a couple, uh, like a couple months ago. Can you look that up? And if they're like, no, I can't look it up. Then you'll know. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, librarians keep, keep writing in. We got to get to the bottom of this, uh, mm-hmm. this mystery. Katie wrote and said, I shared how I have been late night shopping at my library in the sci-fi breakout room. They encouraged me to share this as a hot book tip with everyone. Uh, Oh, yeah. This was during the holiday party. Oh, okay. So instead of late night online shopping and spending money on books and other things, I've been placing holds on library books at my library and then having a bunch of books to pick up at the library. Much more affordable. Thanks. I had a lot of fun at the holiday party. This is the first Glaster event I attended. Katie, thank you for attending, first of all. And yes, I think this is great. You're putting books on hold and this is a great hot tip. Great hot tip to save money. Go put books on hold. Actually, I feel like I used to do this a lot, especially when I first moved to L.A. and was very broke and was like, okay, I'm just going to put books on. I want to go shop online, but I'm just going to put books on hold instead. But I, it's it's so smart because it really does satisfy that like add mm. to cart urge. Yeah, where you have like no, literally like all of your, uh, not inhibitions, whatever holds you back, whatever part of your brain that holds you back from buying shit you don't need, that goes away after like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. You're just like, oh, oh no, I am, now I can buy anything I want. But this is a great, Katie, we love this. Late night shopping at the library. Wicked hot book tip. Mm-hmm. Then Mia wrote in to say, hi, Mallory and Bria. I've been listening to your show since 2020, right when the quarantine happened. I've really appreciated the way you both view reading and the advice you give to others. My friend also listens to your podcast, and we wanted to have a book party without really knowing what that meant. A couple <laughs> other people came over not knowing what we were going to be doing. I really wanted to emphasize that this wasn't supposed to be like homework or judging any types of reading, and I really just wanted to talk about books with other people who read. So I ended up referencing the podcast a lot, especially how all books are real books, which I have on a pillow. 
Dump any books you don't like and don't feel pressure to read certain books because you feel like you should. I also gave my friend who wants to read more a few recommendations based on what she's read. I think that is something we will do again. We talked about maybe making book journals or decorating bookmarks next time. It was a lot of fun and I've always wanted a reason to write into the show. This is a book party. it was like a reading glasses party. I yeah, love this. Yeah, that sounds so cute. That sounds incredibly cute. I love that. And very nice. And I like that you didn't even know what it was, but you just had the party anyway. Good for you. I was going to say, I love the idea of Mia just being like, listen, I want to hang out and be bookish with other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. I want you folks to come over and we're just going to talk about books and hang out. Like, sounds like paradise to me. Sounds amazing. You want to read uh, Mia's Wheelhouse? Uh-huh. Romance, queer YA, books about food or donuts, specific, Uh, books about books, reading libraries, books about famous people or people in the entertainment industry, fantasy, queer YA, magical or mythical, and psychological thrillers by and about women or teens slash usually in a school or specific setting. I really love that Mia said magical or mythical because I had never thought about that distinction yeah, but that's it true. Perfectly makes sense to me. Yeah, because like, there's a big difference between magic and then like the mythical of Myth. like a big fantasy world mm-hmm. where there's a lot of world building. A yeah, lot of, you can have you just know. one witch. That's magical. Mythical is much bigger. Yes, <laughs> I, really, I think I'm going to take that. Myth based. <laughs> you know, like like it's like a retelling of you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mm. love that. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And a really important, exciting bookmark from us, we have finally set a date for the Glasser Book Club. It's going to be March 1st, which is a Friday. It's going to be happening at 5 p.m. Pacific. And so what is going to happen? This is for Reading Glasses members only. This is for MaxFun members only, which... Folks, if that's not you, you can join it. Literally right now while you are listening to this, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Sign up to support Reading Glasses at any level. Email us the proof and we'll send you the link to the Zoom. It's going to be a Zoom party kind of like our glass or holiday parties, but we're all going to get together and talk about Starling House by Alexi Hara, which was the title that got the most votes when we uh, we asked the Glassers to write in and talk in the Slack and pick their what they wanted for a book club. It was the one that was like far and away the pick Bria already started reading the book a bunch of classers have been reading it already and me and Bria are going to come up with questions we're going to bring people up to talk about it it's going to be the first time we've ever really done anything like this that's so interactive and I am so excited so again that's March 1st that's a Friday 5 p.m pacific I'm going to be posting the zoom link in the slack but if you are not in the slack and you are a member still just email us and uh, we will send you the zoom link and again if you want to join in on the fun there it's not too late You can sign up literally right now. You can sign up the day before the book club and and we'll get you in there. We'll get you the the invite link and it'll be really fun. You can come hang out and uh, talk about a haunted house book with with me, which is truly my dream. And then another quick bookmark from me. Uh, If you have been waiting for my book, Girly Drinks, to come out in paperback, a more hand friendly book format. You are in luck. Girly Drinks came out in paperback this week. If you want to get signed copies, uh, I will put a link in the show notes. I'm partnering with my wonderful friends over at Skylight Books in LA to do signed copies. Uh, If you are new to the show, you don't know what Girly Drinks is. I wrote uh, the history of women drinking all around the world. If you are a cocktail nerd, a beer nerd, a wine nerd, a history nerd, a foodie, you're interested in, I mean, even just 
feminism. It is very fun a book to write and research. I, I'm very excited that it's finally out in paperback. And it won a James Beard Award, which I'm very proud of. Uh, I, so it's got a nice little seal on the cover. The paperback has the has the little James Beard Award seal. Uh, it would really mean a lot if you haven't checked it out to pick it up. Great time of year to be... Uh, I mean, it's always a good time of year to be reading about women's history. It's my favorite thing in the world. So again, there's a link in the show notes for that. Thank you so much. So before we talk about the state of reading, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Miracle Made. Folks, are you a hot sleeper? Bria, have I ever told you that my boyfriend Jeremy calls me Lava Legs? <laughs> no. <laughs> I am a really hot sleeper. And you know what can help with that? What? Miracle made silver infused fabrics. Werewolves, stop listening. This isn't this, this ad. <laughs> ad is not for you, not for werewolves. Or, but people who are afraid of werewolves. Perfect. Please listen because this could help. Anyone who is afraid of werewolves and sleeps hot at night or wants nice sheets. Mm-hmm. A Venn diagram of folks that should be listening to this ad. Miracle made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. These sheets are infused with silver like Mallory said, that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. I will attest these are one, really nice sheets, and two, do help with temperature regulation. Uh, Again, I am, it's a weird thing because my upper body does not get hot. And my feet don't get hot. It's Uh just my legs. And they, it it is like a volcano has formed in our bed just between my, (laughs) my hips and my ankles. But these sheets really, really helped out. It was awesome. Yeah, they are amazing. You know how you have like a couple sheets sets in rotation when it's not these sheets, I'm pissed. Like, I'm like, I, I'm like, why are these sheets not comfortable? And I'm like, oh, you know why? It's not the sheets that we got from Miracle Made. I love the sheets. I feel like they're so comfortable. I'm also a hot sleeper. And when you're getting in like the coziest, you know, you go to a hotel and you're like, wow, this is so, this feels so great. I sleep great in hotels. This will make you feel like you're sleeping in a hotel. Yes. You can even put a little chocolate on your own pillow. (laughs) So you can upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash glasses. And if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo glasses at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash glasses to treat yourself to a free towel set and over 40% off. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Glasses. Glasses. This week, we're delivering a state of the reader address. <laughs> da, 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 da. I don't have it. I have a slide whistle, but I don't have a trumpet. Mm. I mean, we need to add that to the wish list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. We don't need, no one needs to give us a trumpet. <laughs> I did, well, total side note, Mallory was laughing at me because I'm drinking out of an off-brand Stanley cup. Uh, and I did just add that to our wish list because I feel like Mallory needs to have one because I do think they're amazing. Should we, yeah, we're going to. Off-brand we're gonna, Stanley cup. We're going to test one out. They're such a hot commodity. We're going to see how they are as uh, reader commodities. But anyway, folks, 
State of the readers, how many books do people really read? How do they read? And most importantly, are you more of a reader than you think you are? Mm. We're going to break down some reading data for you and tell you all about it. So this all got started because Bria sent me an article from the Washington Post about data taken by uh, a man named David Montgomery about how much Americans read. And the numbers really blew both of our minds. We were like... This is very shocking. So thank you, David. Uh, and, again, and thank you to my stepdad who sent it to me originally. Well, this has been a real stepdad episode. He's re- stepdad Gar- Gary episode. coming through. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I do want to say, so this is data for America. This is not for other countries. We, I would love to see numbers from other countries. So if, if you live outside of America and you have an article about what your population, how they read and how much they read, please send it to us because we would love to to break that down. So Bria, what is the first stat that really kind of blew our minds? Okay. So what we found out is 46% of Americans do not read. They don't read. I mean, they read, they read, but they don't read books, Uh, which means actually that most people in America do read. That means 54% of America, they do read books and that's cool, right? Is that higher or lower than you thought, Mallory? It's actually a lot higher than I thought. Like, like the fact that the majority of Americans read at least one book a year, I was like, that's pretty great. fucking cool. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah, it's cool. Is it is it higher or lower than you thought it was? Um, maybe that's about what I thought it was. I also am like, maybe it's it, the number could be higher. Like because if this is just based on books, like maybe people are reading magazines or articles or things online, which is reading i and it is you know it's not sitting down with a book which is you know what this show is about but it is reading um they're reading signs on the highway like they do know how to read right but yeah i think like i kind of expected maybe it to be a little bit higher which maybe i don't know if that makes me an optimist or what but yeah maybe this is what i expected i well maybe i'm a pessimist because i actually thought a lot less people would Mm. be reading Mm. and uh yeah before you sent me this i would have thought that the majority of people don't read like 54 percent of people don't read and 46 do yeah so this was a huge pleasant surprise to me and i'm wondering if a lot of these 46 percent of people have not listened to reading glasses and like maybe they listen to they read graphic novels but they don't think that counts as a book Mm -hmm. or they're listening to audiobooks or something yeah and they just Mm -hmm. they're like oh no i don't read because they're not they don't read like print books or something yeah yeah, could we be. We spread the good word out there that all books are real books. And I wonder, I think you're right. I think this, this that stat actually might be up. So when it comes to how much the people who do read, how much they read, 5% of people in America read one book a year, which means that if you read more than one or two books a year, you are in the top half of readers in this country. Mm-hmm. Like you are officially fucking bookish. Like if you read five books, you are in the top 33% of readers, 10, you are in the top 21%. And if you read more than 50 books, you are in the 1% of readers. Bria, we're officially one percenters. Wow. I've been waiting. I've been waiting we, my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> we need a book yacht to yes. sail around. And, Is it made uh, of books? Is it made, made of, of books? books? Oh, that's oh. not going to be very Or it could be just floating. one giant Float. book. One giant laminated book. Okay. <laughs> That we will sail around on. But like, Bria, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, I think the takeaway really is if you read two books a year, you are very bookish. Uh, yeah. You are you are in the top half of people reading. 
Uh, if you're reading five books books a year, you are you are 33 percent percentage. What do you call it? Percentile? Top 33 percentile? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's a that's pretty amazing, and people should think about that. I think a lot of times, especially people who listen to this show, uh, they put a lot of pressure on themselves to be like, "Well, I have to read 100 books this year." Like, no, if you read two, you've read so much more than everyone in America. Like, that's that's a significant amount of books. And it's interesting because I see a lot of people, especially this time of year, which I'm I'm really glad that we did this episode so close to the top of the year, because so many people have just set their reader goals for the year. Mm. And they're like, I saw people in the reading glasses slack who were like, well, I'm kind of setting it low. I'm only setting it 20 books this year. 20 books. You are in the top t- like 20 percent of readers in the mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of fucking books. Yeah, it's a lot. So we now we know how much people are reading how are people reading mm-hmm. so uh, based on this the, the data in this article the majority of people still read print books which is so 42 percent of people still read print 22 read ebooks and 19 percent do audiobooks however the thing that i th- think is interesting and this i think this has been a data point for a while now among the people who read the most those one percenters ebooks are the most popular yeah Bria, you are the tippity top i don't you think it's because if you read that many books you don't have space for all the books you gotta have ebooks <laughs> like if i like bought all the books that i read which i know i mean I, I well you've now come over to the dark side but i just think like i would not have room i'd be living it'd be like the little old lady lived in a shoe but i'd be living in a book you know like i just like <laughs> i was gonna I can't, say like me <laughs> like i just wouldn't be able to also it's expensive i mean i guess you can get library books physical books but it's more that yeah i just I don't have room for all those books. And it's the travel and the convenience of the ebook. You know, yes. if you're reading, you know, a new book every week, you may not want to go to the library that often. You may not want to go to the bookstore that often. So I think there is like a lot of it's a convenience sake for people who just are devouring books. So it doesn't really surprise me. Uh, what about yes, you? I, I totally agree. I think yeah. uh, a big part of it, too, is like if you are that bookish, you're probably plugged into the bookish community in some way. So you are here you like you know about libby you know that ebooks are real books and i would guess that these one percenters are like us then they're doing they're not just doing ebooks they're also doing audiobooks they're also doing mm-hmm. print they're doing some combination of the three and they realize oh well if i'm waiting in line at the grocery store i can open libby and read a book there like they know the hot reading hacks so mm-hmm. if in the i feel like the more connected you are to the bookish community the more likely you are to try out different reading tech like ebooks like a kindle like a Kobo, like books on your phone. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I do buy all the books that I read and I I am the little old lady who lives in a book. But I also, <laughs> I read so much, but I also read, read e- ebooks all the time. So I would yeah. love to see... I, I wish they could do some kind of breakdown and like see how many people do a combination of all of all of them. I, I bet the one most of the I would guess that most one percenters are uh, are combo readers. It also makes me excited to see that all the formats are thriving. You know, yeah, yeah. people. There's a lot of like you know, I think a lot of people have finally accepted like audiobooks are real books, ebooks are real books. You know, you don't have to like smell the smell of a book and like mm-hmm. sit down with a leather bound tome to have like a quote real reading experience so that that makes me really really happy so based off all this information bria what are our final thoughts about the state of the world of reading in america today 
I mean, I, I mean, I would say I think this is like encouraging. It's encouraging to know that this many people are reading. It's encouraging to know that people are embracing new technologies. Yeah, I think it's a really encouraging article that it's like I think there's always this concern that like books are dying. People are only yes. watching YouTube or, you know, whatever, some sort of thing like that. And that's not the case. There's people reading. People are out there reading, which is exciting. Well, it's also a lot of panic. Like anytime there's like a new format, like when ebooks came out, everyone was like, oh, no, the e-reader is going to kill the book. And then same thing with audiobooks. And it shows that like, no, readers just want more ways to read. Mm-hmm. No, no new format is going to kill the print book. People just want to be like, you know, especially with audiobooks, it opens up so many people to be able to read more books. Mm-hmm. You know, where I remember when we had that interview for that book tech interview for our uh, disabled protagonist episode last year, when we were talking about how, you know, the the like massive amount of audiobooks has just opened things up for um, for blind readers so, mm-hmm. so much. And, you know. So I think with this information, people, if there's any like, who knows what kind of new holographic books that we will have in the in the next few years, you know, pl- you can plug your brain directly into a book with your Neuralink fucking plug in the back of your head, whatever it is. <laughs> I think that people should, we should not panic. And like, like you said, every, I feel like once every few years, there's a new article that's like book sales are down 5%. No one's reading anymore. Mm-hmm. The teens only care about TikTok. And that's just never, it's just never the case. Mm-hmm. It's not like more diversity and variety and, and reading ability is, uh, it's only going to be good for the bookish landscape. And yeah, I guess like anytime like a new social media app, something comes out, people are like, oh, well, people are going to be on this instead of reading a book as if reading a book is like the the <laughs> pinnacle of cultural consumption and it's better than playing video games or better than anything else. And I mean, teens read a ton. Like yeah. we, it, they didn't mention in this article, but one of the groups of the age groups that buys the most print books is teens. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. don't listen to the panic. Readers are always going to be here. Mm -hmm. And if you, again, if you read two books a year, you were in like the the upper echelon of readers. So take the pressure off yourself. Enjoy your reading life this year. And Pat, give yourself a little pat on the back because Mm -hmm. you're reading a lot of books. And uh, I like to think that the glasses are out there padding the stats of these. Yeah. uh, of these <laughs> uh, of the of studies like these because I like I see some people who are like I want to read 100 books this year I'm going to read 50 books this year man we are if you're a one percenter give yourself a little pat pat on the fucking go. back that's true so you can send your thoughts on the state of reading to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com before we solve a reader problem about discussing spicy books we're going to take a quick break Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by EarthBreeze. Have you ever wondered why laundry detergent comes in those massive plastic jugs? I mean, they're nice in one hand because you can do bicep curls with them. They're so heavy. You can do some single rows. But they are heavy. They are messy. They are hard to store. And worst of all, 91% of plastic doesn't get recycled, Mm. leaving those giant jugs to just sit empty in the breeze in a landfill for centuries to come. But you can ditch the jug and check out Earth Breeze. Bria, we are both absolutely obsessed with these. I just bought some more ones. Like, not even for free ones that they sent us because they're no. sponsoring the show. I just bought more. This is all I use now, and I'm on a delivery schedule with them because I love them so much. So... 
If you haven't heard us talk about it, basically the idea with Earth Breeze is instead of that giant thing full of liquid, it's just these sheets that look like dryer sheets. And you just take one out, you put it directly into the place you would normally put all that goo. You can rip it in half if you need less. I just wad it up in there, you know, and it turns into a liquid. It magically cleans your sheets. I don't know how it works. Your sheets or your clothes or whatever. I think it's fantastic. It fights stains. It fights odors. My clothes come out great every time. This is a life changer. It has really changed the game. I cannot believe we were using those giant jugs. And I just think this is the future. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I will say, if if you're listening to this and you're like, anything that's like earthy, crunchy, doesn't clean anything as well. The other day, the other night, my boyfriend was out of town, 3 a.m. And I woke up to find my cat sailor my ridiculous son puking in the bed and it was like when a little kid comes into their parents room at 3 a.m and is like i threw up like i had to strip the bed throw it all in the wash and i used an earth breeze sheet to clean it up and let me tell you folks cleaned up all of the sheets all that cat disgusting cat puke Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about this not getting stuff clean Mm -hmm. take it from this cat lady It's good. It's got you covered. Trust me, there's no reason not to switch. Right now, listeners can subscribe to EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash glasses to get started. That's earthbreeze.com slash glasses for 40% off. earthbreeze.com slash glasses. Glasses. Soundheap with John Luke Roberts is a real podcast made up of fake podcasts like If you had a cupboard in your lower back, what would you keep in it? So I'm going to say mugs. A little yogurt and a spoon. A small handkerchief that was given to me by my grandmother on her deathbed. Maybe some spare honey. I'd keep batteries in it. I'd pretend to be a toy. If I had a cupboard in my lower back, I'd probably fill it with spines. If you had a cupboard in your lower back, what would you keep in it? Doesn't exist. We made it up for Sound Heap with John Luke Roberts, an award-winning comedy podcast from Maximum Fun, made up of hundreds of stupid podcasts. Listen and subscribe to Sound Heap with John Luke Roberts now. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Amanda writes in, Hi, Brian Mallory. Love the romanticy episode. I just learned that it's a new genre about a week before your episodes. It was fun to hear you talk about it. That genre, without knowing it was a genre, has gotten me back into reading after a five plus year book slump. As a young adult, I really enjoyed fantasy as well as YA love stories. So finding the combo with an adult twist was the perfect combo when allowed to read whatever the hell I want has been so fun and liberating. On a related note, I need some readerly advice. I am a bartender and as such chat with a lot of people, both regulars and strangers, about what I've been up to lately, to which my answer recently has been reading, to which they ask, what have I been reading? And the advice that I need is how to answer that question. My recent response has been to give a book that I've read in the past if my current read is not safe for work. I don't want to perpetuate the stigma around romance books, but I also don't want to tell Joe Schmo about my latest steamy read. (laughs) At the same time, I don't want to discourage book talk. Any thoughts on the subject would be greatly appreciated. P.S. Thanks for the advice to listen to nonfiction books as an audiobook. If you find them hard to read, it's been a game changer currently listening to girly drinks oh. so good amanda thank you so much as soon as amanda said that 
they were a bartender. I was like, oh, I wonder if they've had girly drinks. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Bria, do you want to read Amanda's wheelhouse? Yeah, it's Enemies to Lovers, Fantasy World with a hard-to-pronounce name, uh, badass <laughs> female protagonists, unique magic systems, previously undiscovered magic abilities that are vital to saving the world, Regency era fiction, found family, and two people, one bed. What will they do? <laughs> Love it. Uh, Bria, what do you think Amanda should do with this dilemma? Listen, I get this. Like, if you're reading some candy cane smut and you don't want to <laughs> tell a customer, I'm going to say I think it's totally fine to tell someone a different book or say, like, like, look, if you're close to this person, you say, hey, it's not really safe for work, but I can definitely recommend this other book. By the way, I... I was like, this is, this would be so funny if this is, like, your brand. Your brand is, like, you're the bartender who reads dirty books. You know, someone comes in. I was going to say. They're if, like, this bartender. That would be my go-to bar. Like, yeah, I yeah, would yeah. live there. <laughs> like, I think you can figure it out. But, look, sometimes a workplace is not the place you tell people about horny fairies. And I also work in, you know, a workplace sometimes in which I can't be like, oh, I'm reading this horny fairy book. Because I'm, like, people's boss. And I feel like. This, there's there's lines that I have to like be very careful of, you know. I don't mm-hmm. want to make anyone uncomfortable. I'm not. I don't want to end up in HR by being like, oh, "Have you ever read Gargoyle well, Here comes the horny fairy lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I can't do it. I'm people's boss. I'm like I'm, I'm like I'm reading about a centaur who fucks. Like I can't talk <laughs> about that. So I got to be careful. Um, and for that reason, I'm just gonna say I feel the same way. You're not in charge of changing the stigma around work romance in your workplace. Yes. <laughs> like. I understand that you don't want to be a person who's like, oh, I don't like, I get what you're saying, but it's not your, this is not the place to, uh, uh, don't die on that hill in the, in your workplace. So the only thing you're in charge of is like reading, going to work. So you can really do whatever the hell you want. And I have often been reading a book where I'm like, I don't feel like I should just explain what this book is because, you know, if you do say something, people are like, what's it about? You're going to have to talk about it. And I I have been in situations where I'm like, I'm reading this, or I just read this book that you can say you just read this book, which could be anytime. Mm-hmm. And that's not a lie. And you can talk about a book that is safe for work. Unless I think it's like a regular who you're like feeling like, oh, maybe I could say this to this person. You know, there are people, obviously I work with where I feel totally comfortable telling them about, you know, uh, horny fairies, but I, not everyone. <laughs> and I and I think that it is smart of you to make sure you are keeping your workplace a professional environment um, where you don't, end up getting fired for you know for being talking, the horny fairy talking lady about about gargoyle <laughs> smut uh what what is your advice uh well first off again i want to thank amanda so much for reading girly drinks uh second off i agree i think this is a dilemma that a lot of people have yeah you know there's a lot of people who work in environments like this like imagine being in an office and someone's like <laughs> what are you reading and you're like you don't want to say that you're reading uh you know what was the name uh what was the name of titan was that the gargoyle yeah one? yeah 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 <laughs> But it's a, it's a daddy wanna... dom. It's a daddy dom uh, erotica book about um, <laughs> about gargoyles. Yes, uh, they fuck with their tail, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and that's how Mallory was arrested. <laughs> Do you know um, Mallory has been? Uh, she's not in the country anymore. She had to leave. <laughs> Mallory's a, a, a gargoyle smut fugitive. Um, <laughs> but I do want to say, first off, I do think that amanda can talk more about the book than amanda thinks that amanda can probably uh i would put money on the fact that most people who you are talking to won't know the title of the book and if they ask say it's a you don't have to say it's an erotica book you don't have to say how steamy it is like there's nothing wrong with saying i'm reading a romance like and if someone is like 
because like, to me it's no different than being like oh i watched uh when harry met sally last night you know mm-hmm. and if I someone's see. gonna be yeah. creepy at you at a bar they're gonna be creepy at you regardless mm. but unless the title of the book is like i love butt stuff which might actually be a chuck tingle book i think, <laughs> I think it might be <laughs> there is a butt stuff related chuck tingle book yeah oh there's so many like in the title um, Yes. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I think you're like, so unless you're reading Chuck Tingle, like if I, <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're reading a Sarah J Moss book, you're reading the new Sarah J Moss and you're like, the customer's like, oh, hey, what are you reading? And then they're like, oh, I'm reading House of Flame and Shadow by Sarah J Moss. And they're like, oh, what is it about? You could say, oh, it's a it's a fantasy, fantasy. romance. You don't have yeah. to be like, there's fairies and they're fucking. Like, <laughs> just say it's a romance. Like, you yeah, don't have to. M- most of the time, again, people aren't going to know what book you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to make conversation. And like, I would say 99.9999999% of the time, they're not going to go home and like look up the book. They yeah. just want to talk to you. So I, I wouldn't worry about it as much. Like Bria said, you don't have to... You don't have to share things you don't want to. You don't have to say, yeah, I'm reading a book about two centaurs fucking. You can just be like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm reading a fantasy romance. Like, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it as much. And again, if you get like a regular that you know very well, you could be like, hey, guess what I'm <laughs> reading? What it's about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But you yeah. don't, yeah, you don't have to divulge any of this stuff. I mean, I, I've been in situations like this before and I think it, the feeling happens that you like kind of panic because you're like, oh, I know, like I know to myself that I'm reading something's money, but nobody else knows. And the title mm-hmm. of the book is not going to divulge that. So just, just play it cool and be like, yeah, I'm reading a cool, cool romance with fairies. Like, no, I don't think most people are going to assume that a book about fairies is, has, is smutty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. You're right. So I think you're right. I think that's a good way to look at it. I think I was going way more the smut, the, the, like the, uh, uh, erotica route but yes i think if it's just but, romance but Rhea, it's probably also, fine i think you're right too like you just don't you don't have to divulge anything you don't want to and you could always like just say you're reading a fucking issue of national geographic like who cares? <laughs> like, mo- again most people are just making conversation like yeah. they're sitting there at the bar they want to chat with you mm-hmm. you know you don't have to tell them anything That's and true. uh Amanda, let us know how this works out and let us know how, how you solve this problem because uh, I'm, in, I'm I'm interested to see what is a good method uh, mm-hmm. for Amanda. So if you want us to solve your uh, horny fairy reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. It's time to answer a recommendation request from Jeremy. Not my boyfriend. Another unrelated Jeremy. Cute if he wrote in though. Hi, Brian Mallory. I'm looking for some recommendations to help with a 2024 reading challenge I'm setting for myself. Next year, I'm aiming to diversify my reading by diving into novels translated into English, specifically mm. 12 novels translated from 12 different languages. I'm open to anything from literary classics to modern genre adventures. One caveat, I don't need Japanese recommendations since I've already got a deep bench of those books to choose from. Boo! Uh, <laughs> I know, I saw that. I was like, no, that was going to be Bria my has go-to. like a whole armload of Japanese book recommendations. <laughs> Recommendation is like, damn it. I know, and then I just have to drop them all and walk away. <laughs> Crap, Bria, you want to read Jeremy's Wheelhouse? Literary explorations of queerness, books set in the real world, but something's off. Recluses who are too cool for school, robot and or animal points of view, and books that make you gasp out loud. I mean, that's a good good wheelhouse. Um, Very good Bria, wheelhouse. what do you think 
What non-Japanese book do you think Jeremy should read? <laughs> Such a bummer. Actually, um, I thought about recommending this one. Well, okay. So, yeah, I could see why. So um, I'm going to recommend Mouthful of Birds by Samantha Schweblin, translated by Megan McDowell. Because we so rarely get to recommend short story books. Yes. Um, like, because it's very rare that someone's like, I love short stories. Because it's just like, it's a they want a novel, usually. So this is very exciting. I have never read a Samantha Schweblin book that I did not like. This one... We did one of the stories for a book club, and everyone, every oh, story yeah. in this book is a banger. Like, everyone, you're like, oh, it's a lot of things that will make you gasp and the real world, but something is off. That It's very weird fiction, surreal, fantastical. Everyone is weird. Everyone is intense. When I read this, I was just like, like, the opening story is about a woman, and she's at a gas station, and she gets out of the car, and she's in a wedding dress, and when she gets out, there's like a bunch of other women in wedding dresses. Or it's a road, it's, sorry, it's a rest stop. And they're all kind of, well, I guess I can't tell you that part. Anyway, it's just like everyone, that's like such a wild premise, right? Or there's one yeah. where the one that we read for the, the book club is uh, about uh, two parents dealing with the fact that every day their child needs to eat a bird. A live bird. Oh, um, yeah. That was the and plot is, of it. This is translated from Spanish, right? Correct. So, yeah, this should... I'm sure you have a lot of Spanish ones, but this one I think would be really fun. Uh, what do you have? I'm recommending a book that we both really love, and we haven't talked about this in so long. You know what's weird? When you wrote this, I was like, that's a translated book? I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's a book called Amatka by Karen Tidbeck. And it's, you might not realize it's translated because the author is the one who did the translating. I love that. That's so cool. So she's, Karen Tidbeck is Swedish and she originally wrote this book in Swedish and then translated it herself to English for Eng English language readers. And it is a queer literary sci-fi book. And mm -hmm. I always forget this is a queer book too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, a good uh, it's about it's like a sci-fi kind of like world where this woman, she's an assistant and she's sent from her planet to this colony that the company she works for is trying to collect information on this colony. Only she arrives at this colony and something's a little bit off about yeah. the place and the, the people there. Off. Yeah, it's very weird. And like her housing setup, there's a woman that she's sharing her living space with and she ends up falling in love with this woman and wants to stay longer. And it's not always good to stay in a place where something's off and things get really weird. And it is, it's so good. Bria and I both read this book and we were just like blown away by it. And, and something about it is quite Swedish. I don't know what it is, but like if you yeah, were like, what book, what has this been translated from? I would say, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. I didn't realize it. Um, I, I loved this book. Yeah, we haven't talked about it in a while, but it's a good one. Good recommendation. So that's a Amatka by Karen Tidbeck, translated by Karen Tidbeck. <laughs> <laughs> and mine is Mouthful of Birds by Samantha Schweblin, translated by Megan McDowell. If you want us to answer your recommendation requests, you can send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who are on our Facebook group. And folks, remember, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and stickers over at our Void March store. There's a link in the show notes. It's January. Or actually, no, it's February now. It's chilly. You need a new sweatshirt? Why not get a sweatshirt that says library user on it? Show off your bookishness, stay warm, and help us feed our pets. And if you like the show and you want to do something really nice for us that really makes a difference, open the podcast listening app that you use on your phone and give us a five-star rating or a nice little review maybe both on on that app it is really great for us and helps us spread the show you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks for thanks reading, for reading.
Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.